0: have you ever considered how in the world can you be generous toward God and what about this Has it ever passed your mind that money is spiritual money is a very spiritual thing based on what you do with it well would it matter to you if I told you that Jesus Christ our savior talked a lot about money and Jesus taught that it mattered what we did with it as a matter of fact I want to show you talk today about the original fool on the hill and i want to read to you a paraphrase of jesus story of a rich man and i do want to talk today about money now i'm like you as a matter of fact i was thinking in all the years i've been preaching i have never preached a whole message on tithing i've never done it and i'm gonna tell you why because i know you hear hokey stuff from preachers on tv and elsewhere that bothers you you hear them making promises that you know are manipulative you see the message on money abused and I do too and that's why I've never wanted to go there but you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater because if Jesus talked about it then we need to know what our Savior said about it so let's read this story real quickly and then you can be seated with me Jesus told them this story and again this is a paraphrase the business of a certain successful man did very well he thought to himself what shall i do i can't possibly spend all the money i'm making how many of you'd like to be in that place (laughs) all right i can't possibly spend all the money i'm making in my current standard of living then he said here's what i'll do i'll sell my old house and i'll build one with more square footage and additional amenities i'll trade in that fully functional automobile and i'll buy one that's higher end and a later model and with higher status. I'll increase my retirement portfolio with IRAs and mutual fund investments. And then, I'll say this to myself. I'll say, self, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Retire early. The American dream. Engage in hobbies and leisure activities. Enjoy the good things of life. But, God said to him right then, You fool! This very night, your life is going to be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anybody who stores up earthly wealth for himself, but is not what, read the last three words with me, generous toward God. Now stop a minute and think. Jesus of John three sixteen. Jesus, who saved you, Jesus, who died on the cross for you, he gave us this teaching. He was talking about our stuff. He was talking about our possessions. And he said we ought to be generous toward God. Father, I pray your blessing on this message today, that you will speak to us, change the way we think, renew our minds. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, turn to your neighbor and tell him. This is going to be good today, and you're going to need this. Amen. And I know that there's a lot of folks here today, and I want to ask you if your children begin to act up, if they're still in here, take them out and minister to them, and then you can bring them back in. Turn the cell phones off, because I've made a threat that if it rings, I'm going to come down and answer it and say, Hello, this is Pastor Jeff, and we are in the middle of church, and I am preaching, but that's okay. What can I do for you? We have thought of doing our own, our own answer message that anybody with a cell phone can get. So that if the cell phone goes off in church, what we gave you will answer it. And the answer will say real loud, amen, Pastor Jeff. So, now last week we started talking about being generous toward God and the power of the tithe. Now today I want to talk about the man who Jesus called a fool. And as far as I know there's nowhere else in the Bible where Jesus called somebody a fool. But he called this rich man a fool. Now at first glance this man does not look like a fool. Nobody in our culture would think he was a fool. This man was rich. He was successful. He had been a good businessman. Very smart guy. He had more than realized all of his financial goals. He had reached his aspirations. He had everything He had wanted all his dreams had come true. This rich man that Jesus talked about in his story if he were alive today would surely be on the fortune 500 list in America. He was making so much money he could not spend it all. I mean he was flowing in dough. He had all kinds of cash. This rich man His assessment of his situation was so great that he said, you know, I can't spend it all, so I'm just going to put together a huge 401k program, and I'm going to retire in the lap of luxury. And here's what he said to himself. He had a little talk with himself, like we all do, and he said, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years, so retire early in your 50s. Retire early. Engage in hobbies and leisurely activities. Enjoy the good things of life. You deserve it. It's all yours. Look what you've earned. Look how successful you've been. In the eyes of the world, this guy had it made, but not in God's eyes. And God's eyes are the only eyes that matter. In God's eyes, he had made a terrible blunder. In God's eyes, he had missed the mark, and that's what sin means. Sin means you missed the bullseye. Sin means you've missed the bullseye of life. You've missed the point. Sin causes you to miss the mark. That's what sin does. That's what sin is all about. And this man, this rich man who had everything money could buy, this rich man had missed the whole point of life on earth, according to Jesus Christ. Now what in the world had he done or what in the world had he not done to gain this assessment from God? Jesus said his mistake was he had not been generous toward God. Just when he had started to live the good life, just when he retired, bought the tickets for all the ocean cruises, set up endless golf games, the life of leisure, right when he was ready to begin the life he'd always dreamed of, not working, always playing, right then, his soul was required of him and he died Jesus condemned the rich fool not because he was rich because God's not against being rich but because at the close of his life he had made a a fatal error he had never been generous toward God he had never even thought about it it never entered his mind now I gotta think about this this week what what an interesting concept Generous toward God. Do you know that most people never think about that? That never enters into most people's minds. Most people in the Western world never stop and think, gee, I have not been generous toward God. How in the world can you be generous towards a God that you cannot see, who has everything because the Bible says of Him? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the riches in the world are His. So how in the world can I be generous towards God? God doesn't need what we have, right? Half right. God doesn't need our money. He does own the cattle on a thousand hills. He can blink and send a fortune your way. He doesn't need our money, that's true, but He does want our hearts. And according to Jesus our hearts are directly connected to our money listen to what jesus said jesus said where a man's money is there will his heart be also where your money is is where your heart is where your riches are is where we will find your your heart and your affections that's according to jesus christ who knew people like no one has ever known people jesus said Show me your treasure and I'll show you where your heart lies. Show me what you love and I'll show you where your money follows. Do you know that a person's checkbook will quickly reveal what they value most? You want to know what somebody values? Look at their checkbook. A person's checkbook provides an autobiographical x ray of what they consider important in life. It's true. Jesus said so. Here's the fact if God has your heart, your checkbook will show it Hmm, it's true because that's where we live we live where our treasure is the bible teaches us to be generous toward god it does teach us to be generous towards god with our possessions listen to what it says in proverbs 3 verse 9 honor god with everything you own Give to him the first and give to him the best. Why? Does he need your first or your best or your possessions? No, but he does want your heart. He is after your heart. He is after your affection. He is after your devotion. That's what he's after. The rich man presented to Jesus, or presented by Jesus had no concept of generosity towards God. It wasn't in his thinking. It never occurred to him. It was all about him. You know what? As we look more closely at this guy, this rich man, study him, dissect him. You see, that this rich man is a perfect example of the stereotypical, quintessential, 21st century modern man. He is us. It was all about him what he wanted to own, what he wanted to do, where he wanted to go. God was nowhere in his thoughts. And that's what what has happened to our secular culture more and more and more and more. People aren't thinking about God. It's all about me. Our Godhead, instead of being the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, has become me, myself, and I. He had decided to hoard all his wealth in order to spend it on himself. All about him. And it was at this point, at this juncture, at this fork in the road in his life that God called Mr. Success a fool. Jesus said that. According to the Bible, at the end of our life, the only thing that's going to matter is what we have invested with the Lord. Did you know that? Yeah. Now God doesn't care if you have money. God doesn't care about riches. God blesses many people to be very wealthy. But here's what God does care about. What we do with what we have. Are we generous toward God? Are we thankful enough to give some of it back to him? because it all came from him are we thankful enough to give some of it back for his purposes for what he's doing in the earth are we willing to finance to to bless with our possessions what god is doing because god is moving in all the earth now let me give you an example the bible says how shall people hear without a preacher and how shall there be a preacher unless he is sent but how can you send a preacher without finances you can't send the gospel out without money we're on the radio every single day and not only here but in five other states in the Midwest we're on 33 radio stations every single day of every week we're reaching people they're calling us from Chicago they're calling us from Indiana they're calling us from all over and the Word of God is reaching them but it's not free he cares about what you do with he didn't care that this man was rich What he cared about was, how much of it did you give back to me? You weren't generous towards me. And that's where you really faltered. That's where you failed and, and really missed it. Do we care enough to join hands with him in furthering his kingdom in this world by financing his outreach to a lost and dying humanity? According to Jesus Christ, every single person in this room and listening by radio and on earth We'll all give an account of their generosity or lack of it towards God. We're all going to answer. That's what Jesus said. So shall it be, he said, for every person. If we're generous toward God, we win. If not, no matter how much we made in this world, we lose. You can be Donald Trump. You can be Bill Gates. But if you don't give back to God, really, you have lost. And you have failed and you've missed the mark. Now, in light of this, I want to suggest four decisions today. Four decisions to help all of us increase our generosity toward God when it comes to finances. And listen carefully to me. This is straight from the Bible. I'm not here to manipulate you. I'm here just to share the truth with you, what God says from His Word about possessions. Because how many of you know, man, as an American, I'm, I'm richer than most people on earth, no matter where I'm at. I'm wealthy. Now, watch this. Here's the first one. The first decision I want to encourage you to make is put greed on notice. Do you know that Jesus talked about greed, the problem of greed? He said in Luke 12:15, he said, Be on your guard, watch out, protect yourself from all kinds of greed. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now what does greed mean? Well, greed is the insatiable desire for more. The insatiable desire for more money, the insatiable desire for more things, more possessions. The greedy person never says these words, I've got enough. The greedy person never has enough. The greedy person always wants more, always wants more, always wants more, always wants more. more. That's why they've they've got a bad case of the clamp fist. They can't let go because they always want more. They've never, the Bible says the eye of carnal man is never satisfied. You've got to put your greed on notice. Jesus said that insatiable desire for more, you've got to put it on notice. You've got to be aware that behind greed there is a very subtle lie. And here is the lie that's behind greed. Greed is driven by a deception. And here it is that life is found in possession that you find life by what you possess that you truly begin to live as you acquire more that's the lie Jesus said that's the deception of greed that the more you get the more life you have the message Bible puts it this way life is not defined by what you have Jesus said life is not defined by what you have even when you have a lot Possessions can't make you live. You don't live from stuff. The truth is, your life is not defined by what you own. Your life is defined by who you know. If life was found in possessions, Americans would be deliriously happy, wouldn't they? But you know what? Americans are not deliriously happy. They're not. But they should be, because we're the richest people on earth. If life was found in possessions, the rich would be dancing in the streets. But they don't. You know why they don't? Because money and things don't bring life. One high-paid male fashion model that I wrote about, or read about this week wrote on a fashion website, multi-million dollar male fashion model wrote, quote, People think we are young and beautiful and rich and happy, but we're not. You spend your whole life wondering what's wrong with you. It's not the fairy tale life one would expect. End quote. Male fashion model, wealthy, famous, miserable. Rich and famous, Michael Jackson was so miserable that he admittedly abused prescription drugs, and when they did his autopsy, it revealed the body of an old man worn out Elvis Presley wealthy famous all that money could buy he had it but he died in 1977 with 10 prescription drugs in his blood actor River Phoenix his whole life in front of him young man died suddenly in 1993 with lethal levels of cocaine and morphine in his body young famous rich miserable. Why did that young man die full of morphine and cocaine? Why why did he feel he had to numb out his reality? And I'm convinced that that's why people smoke it, that's why people drink it, that's why people shoot it, that's why they pop the pills because they're looking for what only God can give you. Listen carefully to me. Only God can give you life. Because if you got life from money and fame and things and possessions, all of those people would not have needed to numb their pain and drown their reality with drugs and alcohol continuously. What is it we're having to numb? What is it we're having to kill? What is it we're having to escape? The pain of life without God. a man's life does not consist in the abundance of what he possesses, then where is life found? Life is not found in what you own. It's found in who you know. And I want you to listen very carefully to me. I'm going to talk real with you. It's not found in just any old person that you know. It's found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now listen carefully. I'm not giving a little religious formula. I want you to listen to what I have to say. Watch this. Jesus said, I am the road. I'm gonna get you somewhere I am the truth I will explain it to you I am the life I am the life I bring life to you I make you alive what you're looking for in things and possessions and you reach the end of your days and you feel like there's hand or or sand sifting through your fingers The, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow wasn't there you go what 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 has happened you were sold a bill of goods The bill of goods was that things would make you happy. They will not. They'll never do it. But He will. Listen to what John 1, 4 said. In Him, that is Christ, was life. Life. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. Acts 17, 28 says, For in Him, in Him we live. In Him we are alive. In Him we experience true living and life. And in Him we live and we move and we exist and have our being. So you are not defined by what you own. You are defined by who you know. Now that changes everything. That means I don't have to be bound to my stuff. I can be bound to Him. I wish I could tell the whole United States of America this. I wish I could just go on TV for 30 minutes and tell the whole country this. You're seeking something that is not there. Take it from me. I've been around long enough to see it. I've talked to so many miserable people who thought that things would make them happy. They do not. You've got to find life in Christ. He's the only one of the world religious leaders who said in Him was life. Mohammed never said that. Buddha never said that. Confucius never said that. Zoroaster never said that. Christ said that. Now I want to give you a second decision or a second uh, challenge to to make a decision that will change your life. Recognize your true source. It wasn't the rich man and his hard work that produced a good crop. He, He did not, listen, it was the laws of nature that God put into place. Everything that he had, God had made possible for him to get. Paul said, one man plants and another man waters, but it is God who brings the growth so we can plant and we can water but what actually finally comes up is a gift from God. You see, everybody who has something and that's everybody. Everything you have, God gave you the brains to get it, the talent to get it, the open door to get it, the ability to get it. He gave it to you. So that you planted and you watered, but it was God who brought in the increase. First Chronicles 29 says, "For everything in heaven and earth is yours, O God." Wealth and honor come from you. Deuteronomy says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. He gives Donald Trump, he gives Bill Gates, he gives every person on earth the ability to produce wealth. It comes from him. Paul asked the Corinthian church a million-dollar question. He said to them, what do you have that God hasn't given you? Well, I've got a car. God gave that to you. No, He didn't. I went out and bought it, and I've paid for it. He gave you the strength to stay with it. He gave you the mind to think, the strength to get up every day. Believe me, God could remove His hand, and you would drop dead right now, right here. You are kept alive by God. It says that every single day, your very breath is in the hands of God. So, yeah, but you've got a car, and you've got a house, but you don't own them. Well, yeah, I do. My my name's on the title deed. God owns it. You're just a temporary steward. I told you we were going to have to edit out all the clapping and all the cheering and jumping in today. (laughs) He said, what do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why are you strutting around as though it were not a gift, as though you did it? Everything we have came from God. Here's the principle. Everything belongs to God. We're only temporary stewards of that which He has entrusted to us. See, when you realize you don't own it, you're only a steward, it's a whole lot easier to give. See, that money that came into your hands, God allowed you to have it. Now, God's going to ask you one day, what did you do with it? Were you generous towards me? I gave you all you needed and then some, but were you generous towards me? Did you think about my work? Did you finance anything?" that reached people for Jesus Christ, did you? Well, Lord, I I just thought it was all mine. None of it was yours. You were a steward. I trusted it in your hands. What would you do with it? So we are temporary stewards, not owners. And let's recognize that today. The third decision I want to challenge you with is do your giving while you're living. Do your giving while you're living. Don't do what the rich fool did. What did the rich fool do? He died and his stuff passed on to somebody else without his approval or his blessing. Because once you die, you lose control of it. God said to the rich man, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared all for yourself? You don't even know who's going to get it. But somebody's going to get it because you're not taking any of it with you. Job said, Naked I came into the world, and naked I'm departing. I hate to break it to you, but you're not taking your Cadillac with you. You're not taking your Mercedes Benz. You're not taking your IRA. You're not taking your jewelry. You're not taking your wallet. You're not taking your suits and your fine dresses. You're not taking any of it with you. You came into this world naked, and that's the way you're going out. But I got good news for you. You can't take anything with you, but you can send something ahead. Now watch this. Watch this. He said, he said, Jesus said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven well how can I do that how can I go into heaven and store something up by being generous towards God generous towards God with your life generous towards God with your possessions generous toward God and generous toward his work and when you do there is a reward in heaven Jesus said store not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot corrupt and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also the Sermon on the Mount. See, if we would just live that way, eternally minded, not just earthly, not just now, because this life is going to pass just like that. What you do for God, what you do for Christ is really what's going to last. You're going to lose it all anyway. You might as well be generous toward God and get rewarded for it in glory because somebody's going to get your stuff. (laughs) Boy, it's quiet in here. (laughs) Now the final decision I want to encourage you with today is this one. Make God and His kingdom your top priority. Listen to what Jesus said. He said there was a first thing in life There was a top priority and here's what he said it was seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things that the rich man was out to accumulate and hoard and spend on himself all those things will be added to you as well you see when when jesus is the hub of the wheel of your life when he's right in the center and you get up every day and you seek him and I do that and I'm not saying that to gain spiritual points with you because I don't need to gain spiritual points with anybody but here's what I do I get up and I seek God I get up and I make him the hub of the wheel all the spokes that come out finances relationships my walk my my strength everything all the spokes that come out come from that hub the hub of the wheel the hubcap the center of the wheel around which everything else rotates is Christ make him first get up and seek him and I get up and my favorite thing I head straight for the coffee pot and I get it going I know what you're saying well you need to be set free don't even pray for me I don't want to be free (laughs) I, I just that's my chosen that's my chosen vice I could be free any old time I wanted to And then I get my Bible and I head straight out back and I get on the patio and I open up that Bible and I feed my soul. I feed my soul not to be spiritual. I don't feed my soul and get out there so I can impress somebody. I do it because Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You keep your spirit man, your inner man, you've got to care for your own soul. The kingdom of God's got to be the center, the hub. And it's amazing, when he is the hub It's amazing how all the rest of it falls into place. But when he gets second place, third place, leftovers, and he just kind of becomes one of the spokes and the hub is you, that's when you get into all your trouble. When you are the hub. He's got to be first. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God in His Word, in prayer. And all these things will be added to you. Listen, I've sat at the bedside of many people who were in their last hour. 27 years of pastoring. I've been there for a lot of precious people who are in their last moments on this planet. And I've heard some regrets. Let me share with you a couple of them. Here's one I've heard more than once. I wish I'd been closer to my kids. I just wish I'd been closer to my kids. Here's another one, and I've heard this one more than once. I I just wish I'd surrendered to Jesus earlier in life. I spent most of my life without Him. I wish I'd done that. Or here's another one. I'd give anything if I could go back and do some things differently, make some different decisions. I'd give anything. Here's one I've never heard. I wish I hadn't been so generous with God. I have never heard that. I just wish I hadn't been so generous toward God. What a waste of time. No, no, no. Because anytime you are generous toward God, there are rewards both here and hereafter. You cannot outgive God. If you're generous toward God, God blesses you. The problem with a rich man was he had left God out. He was rich toward himself, but not towards God. Now today I'm going to challenge you to make a commitment to use your resources to further God's kingdom. Look how God's blessed some of you. I I only share this not to condemn anybody. You know my heart. You know me as as a man and as a preacher. I don't condemn. I'm encouraging you to be generous toward God. Because listen, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. He's not far off. And whatever you're going to do for Jesus, do it now. Put greed on notice. Recognize your true source. Do your giving while you're living. And make the kingdom of God your top priority. Now, when we close out this service, I'm taking up a special offering. Let me tell you what for we're sending a medical team to Haiti we have purchased about $5,000 worth of medical goods we're going to send two surgeons doctors nurses and some good Christian servants we're sending 300 pairs of glasses We're going to go to these Haitian people, and our missionary in Haiti, Jay Threadgill, uh, has contacted us, and we've been in contact with him, and he said, you know, it's it's just as bad as it was when the earthquake happened. It's just as tragic. It's just as 911. The only good thing that has happened is that we've built a medical facility to take care of them, because they're still having to have limbs amputated. We have so many parents with no children, so many children who have lost their parents, Jay is feeding about 1,500 children every day. Rice. They go to his school because they know if I go to school, I'm going to have something to eat. And we're going to send this medical team. And we're taking up an offering. So we're taking up an offering for missions. And what we want to do is, is we want to send as much medicine as we can. And we're going to go into that medical clinic, and surgeons and doctors are going to take care of these precious Haitian people free And we're going to leave a great blessing with them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to give to people who will never give back to us in this lifetime. But Jesus said, inasmuch as you've done it to the least of one of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. And so, uh, how many of you want to be a part of something that's reaching around the world to touch them? And here's, I know some of you are thinking this. Well, how much of of every dollar is going straight to that? Every penny. We're not going through a middleman we don't go through a middle organization. We take the money straight to Jay Threadgill, straight to the compound where he's taking care of all of these. And we also have a great mission in Africa. Uh, David Hatley and his missionary outreach there, uh, we reach around the world. And you know what, turning point? As we're generous towards God, God's gonna bless us. Amen? In 2009, God gave our church $1.7 million. We were able to to turn around and give back $265,000 or better into missions. Way over 10%. We sowed back into missions. I think that's a real praise God. I do. I do. So how is money spiritual? Money is completely neutral. It depends on what you do with it. If you give it, now, you know, here's what I'm saying. Give up a, give up a blockbuster and a popcorn. Can you live with that? I'm not asking for a thousand dollars. Give, give up popcorn, give up some popcorn and a blockbuster or a movie. You don't need that movie anyway. Hollywood's full of sin. this twenty dollar bill is totally neutral if i give it to something that's wrong it becomes spiritual if i give it to something right it becomes spiritual if i bless people feed people it becomes very very spiritual give up that starbucks or what we call five bucks or big bucks if you add up what you spend at starbucks every day and add it up for a whole year you'll cry you go and you slap down $7 for a drink you can't even pronounce. (laughs) Give up just one of them. Just give up one of them and send it to those children. Send it to other places in the world for missions. And we're going to bless it. Amen? So if you're making out a check today, make it out to TPC. Say, Pastor Jeff, your message led up to this. Yes, it did. Because we want to be a church that blesses all around the world. We do. And Earl, why don't you stand up and come over here real quickly. And while you're preparing your gift, and Earl is going to, uh, and you know, where's Joe? Because I don't know how to do this. I should know how to do this. Hurry, Joe. Where'd you come from? <laughs> All right, we're good. Battery was dead. Tell him Earl, who we're taking and, and when you're going.
1: Spirit of God told me. I've got a little bit of difference here in the state. God showed me, I was praying for you guys to get this message because I got a hold of giving 30 years ago. I had nothing, I was going to the courthouse to declare bankruptcy. And God, I I had committed my life to serve God. And because I'd made that commitment, the devil tested my finances and I was bankrupt. And I read a Kenneth Hagin book where all he had was a button when he decided to start tithing and he gave a button I read that book. I started giving. I started tithing. I started calling creditors and saying, I can't pay you, but I will. I'm serving God, and I, I did that. God has blessed me. You need to get a hold of this. God also showed me there are some of you who need to enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. That's a physical part of the kingdom that you live in on this earth, but you need to enter into righteousness, peace, and joy, and you can't do that until you get a hold of where God is in your life, and sacrifice your money to Him. Okay, that's free. Well, okay. free. so surgeons, doctors, right? We're going with uh, seven, 17 people: two surgeons, two doctors, five nurses, five RNs, and we're going to have a medical team there because there's still a million people in the Greater Port-au-Prince area living in tents. There's sickness, there's disease, there's all kinds of infirmities, and we're going to be a blessing. So. We are pumped. We're ready to go. We're fasting. God is going to meet our needs because we don't speak French. They don't speak good English, so we're going to depend on God. There have no hope because they don't have. There's there's no work. Half of them are more unemployed. Unemployed. Mm-hmm. So we have a great need facing us, and God will show up, and we're going to have miracles. Okay. And you leave what date? October second. We're going gonna six 2nd. days.
0: All right. Let's stand together, everybody. <clears throat> Wednesday night, you're all welcome to be here. We're going to be in Romans 13, going through the Book of Romans. Wednesday nights, listen, we put all kinds of effort. Wednesday night is not an afterglow service. Wednesday night is a full-blown service. And we'd love to have you. All kinds of classes going on. Read your bulletin. All right, let's pray over these gifts. And there's just going to be people at the door, Uh, some ushers at the doors as you go out. And you can drop something into those uh, baskets or buckets or whatever it is they have. And God will bless you for it. Father, thank you for blessing Haiti and, and other missions in the world where they have nothing and we're feeding children, digging water wells, and being a blessing in the earth. Bless these gifts in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you needed this today, give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to count to three. And guess what we're going to shout? Generous toward God. Are you ready? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. One, two. Come on, everybody. Shout good and we won't do it again. One, two, three. Generous toward God. God bless you. Have a blessed week.